Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody? You diamonds in the rough out there. Welcome to Strategically and Unapologetically with Firestarter Monica. I am Firestarter Monica, and we have a special guest this morning. I'm elated. I am glad she set time aside and worked me into her schedule. Uh, let us welcome Leah Jefferson. She's going to talk to us about some really, really important things right now. Everybody know that the climate around this time of year when it comes to the automotive industry, it kind of cranks up, it kind of picks up, right? Because it's, it, I'm not gonna spill the beans. I'm going to let Leah uh, talk more about it. She's the expert in this area. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I want to make good of our time. When I get people on here, I know folks, I don't take it for granted. So I want to make good of the time. So the first question that I have for you is how long have you been in the automotive industry? I just had my 30-year anniversary, 30-year vested seniority anniversary, May 5th. But with that said, I actually have 31 years worked. Uh, you get to take one year of your overtime. So if you've worked enough, you can, you know, work that into your seniority. And the most you can get is one year extra. That is awesome. I never knew that. I never knew that. Let's give Lee a round of applause. That's a major feat. Yeah, that's a major feat. Uh, right now, we know uh, pre-pandemic, the um, the workforce was different and it is has really changed uh, post uh, pandemic. And of course, when I say pandemic, I'm making reference to COVID-19. So another question I have for you, um, because we're talking about climate and culture, I wanna ask you about the culture of the automotive industry. And when I use the term culture, I want you to just take a little bit and explain to our listeners or viewers, how does the automotive industry do things? That's what I mean by culture. How does the automotive industry do things? Well, over the years, things have become more and more strict. They're ever changing. Things change most of the times on a daily basis um, when it comes to attendance per se. There's an attendance policy that is in writing that is in our bargaining agreement. But there are also gray areas where the company can maneuver. And if attendance is negatively impacting or they feel it's negatively impacting um, business, they can tighten the reins. So although I've been there 30 years, I do not know the attendance policy. Why not? because I believe in being at work. So um, thankfully I haven't had to, you know, be off where it affected my attendance. Uh, but with each contract, so for instance, I have what they call a good record. So if you were to actually see my attendance record, it would have a GR on it. Over the years, a GR meant you get a free absence. I still have not used my free absence. After that free absence, then any absence 
after that, you work yourself into the attendance policy, which at some point, and I don't think it's too far down the line, you can be fired. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work in a unionized um, environment as well as a non-unionized environment, and they are as different as night is today. So, wow. So with all that being said, what does it mean to you to, um, if you were to tell someone, I work in a unionized environment, what does that mean? Can you explain to us what does it mean? What What is the union about? Yes, you have almost automatic certain protections, but with the upheaval of things and people being so anti-union nowadays, sometimes it can work against you. So you automatically have health and safety protections. Okay. Does that mean there are no issues? No, but there is a chain of command to follow uh, to get things addressed. You have seniority rights, meaning that they can't just bring someone in and replace myself or others who have earned seniority, meaning once you step in the door and you've signed your union card, you now belong to the union. Awesome healthcare benefits. That probably is what has kept me there as long as I've been there. I have, uh, you know, looked to do other things, but the healthcare benefits and having a child, top notch. Also vested workers, meaning seniority workers, high seniority workers, depending on when you hired in, um, mostly before the two tier system started, you have a pension. That right there is big. It's almost a promise that yes, that you will have income in your retiring days. So yes. That's great. Um, yes. and, and you know, um, in my opinion, that is very, very important. Uh, roughly, I want to say 15 years ago, a lot of corporations began to do, a lot of organizations began to do away with uh, pen, their pension plans. And as you just stated, meaning that after you worked a number of years and you retired, you were eligible to receive a monthly check based on the amount of money that you generated uh, during your years as an employer. A lot of corporations, organizations have done away with that. I think even the state of Michigan no longer offers um, a retirement plan or a pension plan to their employees once, once you know, they, they're retirees, should I say. Yeah. So that is very, very um, important. So you did say that you have 31 company years due to the, the number of hours that you put in and overtime, they've granted you one additional year of seniority. So you've got 30 working years. In those years, oh, and let me ask, um, I know that there is a difference between a production plant and an assembly plant. Do you want to explain um, the difference between the two? It's a huge difference. And actually there's more than one type of assembly. Now I can only give you so much information because I've had out of my 30 years of seniority, 
27 of those have been at one particular facility. Three of those I volunteered and went to a different facility, which was also assembly, but it ran totally different. So, uh, and I can also give feedback from what I've been told by those who were forced to go to other facilities in order to keep employment, to keep seniority, you know, to keep making ends meet. A lot of people fell off, quit, whatever. So to work in assembly in an assembly plant versus a production plant, I'm considered assembly, although I'm in an engine plant. But we assemble, we machine and assemble the engine. Okay. A car, a vehicle assembly plant is more taxing on your body physically because from what I understand, you're moving with the vehicle and doing your job and doing the best you can at the job to get it done. So that also differs from being at a car assembly plant versus a truck assembly plant. Truck assembly plants, of course, things have evolved over the years. So things have gotten a lot better. But I work with young people, meaning uh, mid to late 40s, early to mid 50s, who can barely move about now from working in these assembly plants because of how strenuous it is on your body. You may get a, a 15 minute break. You take two or three minutes to sit down and you're actually starting to move about and get up two to three minutes early so that you can get your body mobile, get your, you know, joints and everything together and be on the job on time. Okay. So I um, happen to have a little um, experience um, having worked in both production and assembly plants. So just to speak to a production plant, a production plant is just that they produce parts that are ultimately used to assemble or produce something else. Yes. So um, you can be, um, as uh, Leah stated, uh, you can um, a- assemble, uh, be in, a, in a, an assembly plant and not assemble the vehicle or truck itself. Absolutely. You can be an assembly that where you um, your entire uh, that entire um, plant or factory is used to assemble a portion of what will later be used in a vehicle. So that that is that. I also want to put a disclaimer out here. Um, I want to speak to um, just to remind our listeners and our viewers that uh, Leah did state that she could give her. Uh, an account from her own experience, as well as things that she had quote unquote heard from others. So what she shared with us, some of what was shared was with us is what had been communicated to her based on the experience or the opinion of other people. All right. So I want to ask this. Now you did state that at some point, uh, you volunteered to work at another location to to help that location out, to gain the experience and all of that. So what have you done in your 30 years 
of, of seniority, of working experience. What have you done um, in your career uh, or how have you been involved in the union? Because as you said, the union is designed to protect those that are employees and you pay your dues monthly to uh, this very, very huge organization that ultimately bargains or negotiates for salaries, your uh, benefits, and your health and wellness um, as an employee. So can you speak to us in your career? What things have you done with the union? Okay, so I don't know if this part fits in, but I turned down a management position about seven years in because I knew I wanted to work more directly with the people in a social uh, stance. So about my first 10 years, I started educating myself, attending my monthly uh, union membership meetings. Okay. Huge sacrifice, but I was there. Okay. Learning, you know, how they ran the business, learning where my voice was, learning how to speak up properly. I took, whew, I can't even count the amount of certificates I have from taking classes. Anything that was available, whether it had to do with uh, directly with the union, even small engine building, I was taking that class. Okay. So I also uh, educated myself on parliamentary procedure, which it, uh, they operate off of Robert's Rules of Order. Okay. I made sure I took classes to learn uh, how to write grievances. It's just so many different levels to the different classes you could take. So along with that, I was also finishing my personal college career. And when I hired in, I hired in on second shift. And we were working six to seven days. This is where that extra year comes in. We were working six to seven days and mostly seven and between nine and 11 and a half hours. So um, I educated myself. I found where I felt I fit in uh, for the uh, union, local union hierarchy. It was the third, top third position, which was recording secretary. Some seniority people opposed it because I was new. I was coming out of nowhere running for this big spot. I was overwhelmingly elected in a runoff election I did two terms. The terms are three years each. I did two consecutive terms. In those two terms, I was pegged to work at our region internationally, which I did union organizing. Okay. So, so with that, I was also pegged to become a LUDL, which is a local union discussion leader. So, I led and taught classes. I had a partner. Um, we were partnered up, usually male, female. And it, you know, if, uh, if they had to, then it was male, male, female, female. But to have that balance, you know, they, they pushed for male, female. I also, I took um, classes at Wayne State, Michigan State, and U of M for labor studies. Mm -hmm. I, uh, also 
through the company with the, the blessing of the union, I was chosen to be a one of the um, trainers for preventing sexual harassment in the workplace. So I helped train union and management workers. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Um, a lot of people um, in, in the automotive industry, they just come in, you know, they, especially those that I would imagine that have, have worked um, the number of years that you've worked, they just come in, punch the clock, do what they need to do, and they go home. But it yeah. sounded like, it sounds as if um, you had a deeper level of compassion and you didn't just want to come clock in and clock out. As you said, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you looked um, as being part of the union as part of a, a community. Absolutely. That's community. what it was. And uh, with all that being said, there are so many, many unions. I want to, this is something I learned a, a few years ago. I don't recall the year, but in New York, um, I don't remember uh, what particular city it was, but back, I think, in the 1920s, forgive me if I'm wrong with the year or, or the time frame, there was a factory where people um, sold, uh, I think it was shirts or clothing. And the c conditions during that time were very, very hazardous. And there, to make a long story short, there was a fire and a great number of lives were lost. And so out of that, that's when they began to create laws that protected employees. It was where we get the term from sweatshop because these people were working and they were working with hazardous chemicals. Um, and, uh, the, the egress, the way you come in and out, that wasn't safe. Uh, it was a high rise building. And so there, there were stairs that people had to take. So there were a lot of people, they even had children that were working there. So this is where we get the child labor laws. So this fire at this uh, clothing uh, factory is what helped spark um, the put placing responsibility on owners for protecting their employees. And it also sparked, you know, the need for a union. Yes. So that is, that is very good. The, the union is very, very important. Yes. So I want to ask you, um, you did start off um, our um, conversation in this interview by saying that, you know, in the number of years that you've been there, you've seen some changes. You did say that things are, are more um, stringent. The rules are tighter now. Uh, tougher now than they uh, were when you came. So I want to ask you, in your opinion, can you tell me how the union has changed over the years? And, and the way it, it, that it's changed, in your opinion, is it better for the employee or no? I don't want you to divulge too much, and you know, but you know, just your opinion. How has it changed? And what are some of the things, if you can share without jeopardizing too much, what are some of the ways that it's changed and is it better? 
my personal opinion, it has changed a lot for lack of education. Uh, I've seen where union members get the education and keep it to themselves. That helps no one but that person. So if you go into something not understanding why it exists, how it exists, how it protects you, then you just feel like you're just there to, to do the job and move on. And it's, it's really more than that, you know. I often try to tell people uh, when it comes to work, it's not easy, but if you can leave home at home and work at work, you'll be just fine in most cases. So um, another way it has changed is automation, artificial intelligence. They just, <laughs> on yesterday, a will call it a robot. I don't know the name of this bot, but it moves freely about. It's programmed, of course, but it literally goes and gets parts that are on uh, these carts that normally high low drivers and tugger drivers would go retrieve, meaning a person, people, a union worker. And this bot is going and getting that work and taking it to where it's needed in another department. Wow. Yes. So you're seeing real time AI impacting your work. Wow. Yes. I When I hired in, it was 3,500 people there. We have less than 800 people. Whoa. And trust me, if they could, we'd probably have less than that. But again, union protections. Union protection. Yes. So in your opinion, it's... Um, do you believe it's important and it's valuable to an employee to become familiar and be active in the local union? Absolutely. Um, that's really what got me to, on my own, go and learn the, I don't want to say the system, but learn how things worked because I could talk to someone who had gone to a union meeting and, hey, what happened? You're not always, they're going to hear things differently than what you hear things. Okay. So I've always been one. I want to hear it, see it, do it for myself. Okay. So, yeah. So, so that's good uh, in response to what you just said. So knowing the laws, the regulations, the rules help you understand the protocol. Again, the culture, yes. the way things are done. So that's good. So it's more to it than going in there getting a, a paycheck, but it's it's important to understand and know um, how to govern yourself because we don't want to give the impression that the, the union is there to just protect you no matter what you do. You have to govern yourself accordingly. Absolutely. So with all that being said, that leads me to the next Excuse question. Me. Yes. May I add a little something? Yes. I cannot go any further without saying that the union does a lot of voluntary work. I did thousands of hours of volunteering. They're out in the community, behind the scenes, making things happen. Thank so, you. Yes, yes. Thanks for sharing that because that's yes. not something I didn't know that. 
And, yes. and another thing, we're talking about the union, the UAW, as it relates to the automotive industry. But there are many, many different unions. There are unions that have been created to protect those that uh, work in healthcare. Yes. Um, it's, it's just, we could go on to SEIU. We could just go on and on talking about yes. uh, truck drivers, I think, have unions. So it's just a lot of unions out there, but they are all designed for health, safety, and wellness. Yes. yes. And I would like to add something else, which with you mentioning healthcare, the UAW is very diverse now. We'll have groups that already have their own union, but for strength, they will join the UAW. Oh, wow. So we have a lot of nurses. We have the hotel and um, hospitality industry. It's, I'm saying we, but yes. there's a lot of different facets to the UAW. So the UAW yes. is not just, it's no longer just United Auto Workers. No, oh, ma'am. That's good to know. Thank you for sharing. So that You're the welcome. listeners and the viewers, I didn't know that. Yes. So thank you for sharing yes. that. So I want to ask you, with all that you've been, that, that you've shared with us today, your experience, your experience with the union, its benefits, um, the, the change in the climate that you've seen over the years, I want to ask you this. I want you, in your opinion, as a 30-plus year employee of that's um, in an environment um, with the, being protected by the, the UAW, I want you to give your opinion and define or paint a picture for us what a responsible, what responsible employee behavior looks like in a unionized environment. Yes. Whenever you're scheduled to work, be at work. Point number one. Not, not just be at work, but be on time. If you can sacrifice a few minutes early, sacrifice those few minutes early. Okay, You're better off being there and being ready and not needed than to not be there and you're needed. So right. work when scheduled, be on time, be prepared. Okay. Uh, being prepared in my facility and probably several others means not just being at work in the building, being at your station. Okay. My shift starts at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. If you could be on your station before that 6 a.m. buzzer, that's what you want. Good deal. So wear your PPE. Come to work with your PPE. These are things that you could take home. Things that's most are provided by the company. What's PPE? So your personal protection equipment. Thank you. So if you're you're welcome. If you're in an area that uh, requires safety glasses, safety glasses. And prescription safety glasses are supplied. Uh, they're a negotiated benefit. They are supplied. Wear your earplugs if needed. Uh, there's a lot of areas where the decibels aren't that high um, per requirement, but it still can be loud. So just because they're not necessary doesn't mean you don't have to wear them. You can wear them if you want. Also, wear the proper clothing and the proper footwear. So depending on where you're working there, you may need steel toes. You're supposed to wear um, 
rubber soled shoes no matter what with a leather top. If you're in an area where you could wear a heel, more like a, a wide heel, it's it can be no higher than two inches. So we don't have people wearing heels per se, but the, what is the shoe called? The Z-coil. Okay. And I own no rights to Z-coil, but the Z-coil shoe has a pretty good heel on it. So that's usually where you'll see a heel if heels are worn. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yes. So... I oh, and one more thing. Yes. One more thing. Learn and follow your BSOP. The BSOP is what are on the operator's stations. Okay. And that is the visual standard operating procedure. It shows you how they want you to do the job. Of course, we can find easier, better, simpler ways. But it shows how the union and the company agreed that this is how this particular station would be assembled, prepared, disassembled, whatever needs to be done. So follow that, although you may know other tricks because if the right but wrong person walks by and they know, you know how that job is supposed to be run, you may be called out, you may even be written up because you're not doing the job as it's written because that's how mistakes are made. Okay. So oh, you yeah. say um, the, the VSOPs, these uh, operating procedure, the visual uh, standard operating procedure, yes. it is designed to um, for you to produce a product or complete your task with efficiency, without error, and without bringing harm to yourself, without injuring yourself. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So um, so you've heard it there, folks. Responsible employee behavior. This is what it looks like. Work the days you are scheduled. Be on time. She recommended being arriving before the bell goes off. When the bell goes off, be at your, your scheduled workstation. And use the proper PPE protection. What is it again? Personal protection equipment. Personal. And I, I would be remiss if I don't say this. My apologies. We also have protections for our hands, our arms, our arms uh, for cuts because we do work with uh, materials. Even the, the product that we assemble, you can be cut as well as we work around different chemicals. Okay. So we have, um, what is the material called? The Like bulletproof material. Yeah, you don't have to tell. I'm sorry? You don't have to share that with us. Okay, yes, yes. All right. So, and those are provided okay. by a contract. So your eyes protected. Your ears are protected. Your limbs are protected. Your hands are protected. Yes. And your Love feet. Yes. And your feet. Love it. All right. Sounds good to me. So um, um, what would you recommend uh, for a new or what would you recommend to a new hire uh, with regard to the union? What would you say to me? Today's my first day. You just welcome me. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Leah. 
I'm only 19. I'm so glad to work for this automotive plant. Thank you so much. What would you give me some tips as a new union member? Tell me something. You've been around 30 years. What would you recommend to me? I've kind of said it throughout, but if this is what you feel you want to do and hopefully make it for the next 30 years, get ready for a bumpy ride. Uh, It could be very volatile. It could be uh, one day you're riding high. The next day it's like we're getting laid off. Have some type of, I don't know if it's okay to say this, but spiritual grounding. Because you're going to need to call upon someone, something. Um, Be on time. Leave work at work, home at home. Okay. Try not to get clicked up, you know. Smile, speak to people, and just show up when you're supposed to and be ready. All right. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, one of the, I, I, want, I have one more question to um, ask you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, early on, you mentioned that things have, have changed over the years with regard to the union. And, and you know, Leah, and in all honesty, and this is just my opinion, it's not too much that has not changed, especially with, it, with regard to employment. The climate of the, the, the I mean, just every facet uh, from fast food, no matter the industries, but the workforce, the people, and those that employ the people, there have been many, many, many changes. In your opinion, what do you see happening, let's say in the next 10 to 15 years with the automotive industry? What positive changes? And when I say positive changes, that may um mean that they don't need as many employees or a diff- employees that uh, they're, they'll need their employees to possess a different skill set. What changes do you see in the next 10 to 15 years with the automotive industry? The union worker being more educated, um, We have a lot of that now, but I believe it'll be more degrees in there than it is now. We have a lot of union workers who have their own businesses, but because the benefits, mainly healthcare, is so rich and uh, it takes care of you and your family, they continue to keep the job, you know, continue to work there. Okay. more education. I I see the UAW getting back mostly like boots on the ground with their Mm -hmm. memberships, um, be it locally or regionally. Okay. Uh, I see more openness, more honesty. I see members who currently who have just come off the shop floor who can't forget where they came from, not just yet. And when it comes to the bargaining table or speaking on our behalf, they haven't forgotten. They feel what we feel. Okay. You know, so uh, I see a lot of that happening. Okay. Yes. All right. So in summary, in the next 10 to 15 years, 
it sounds like uh, you see um, a grave change for the better um, in the relationship between the automotive worker, the union, and um, the management itself. It sounds like you anticipate that there will be a deeper level of transparency and that there will, the union worker will be one that um, knows more about the union, is more active as a union member, and that those individuals that will continue to work in um, the automotive industry, it sounds like you anticipate a more diverse employee, one that's not just an employee, but an entrepreneur, yes. possibly employer of others. Yeah. And th those individuals will, you know, be more in tune, um, will have spent more time to educate themselves, whether that be in a college degree or some type of trade or not but a more educated employee is from what it sounds like. Absolutely. Okay. So um, I did say that was going to be my last question, but I just want to ask you this one. Yes. Do you regret investing the 30 years? That is, a, you've got people that that's a lifetime for some. Do, how do you feel about investing those 30 years? You're speaking to a, a newcomer now. Yes. I have no regrets because I never allowed myself to be placed in a box. I still educated myself, be it union education or not. Um, I did a lot of traveling with the union on behalf of the union, even the company. I've done traveling. Um, I've just never allowed myself to be placed in a box. So... Yeah, yes, yes. Awesome. You heard it, folks. So she's saying the automotive employee of the future, employ, your, employ yourself, come ready, be yes. prepared, actively engaged with the union and the responsibility to the commitment that you signed your name on the line to with regard to working for this organization. Be prepared to be, remain knowledgeable, abreast of what's happening, what's what's around the corner, what's what lies in the future for you as an employee in the automotive industry. That was some good information, a wealth of information. Hopefully, we can have you back again and we can take a deeper dive. I'm well, ready. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Round of applause. You. Thirty years. Congratulations. That is an awesome feat. That is something no man, no woman can take away from you. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Leah. Thank well, you. folks, thank you again. You have been strategically and unapologetically with Firestarter Monica. And until we come together again, be.